Hello, Podicumens, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. I almost forgot y'all's names. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Well, Alan and I have been very busy. See, we have this friend who needs long-term care, and we've been looking into resources. Um, and uh, so we're, we're looking out for you, bro. Well, well I appreciate that. I, I don't know what was happening there. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm, well, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be with everybody. How's everybody doing today? What's new in the world of South Georgia? Um, it's chilly. Um, uh, it's kind of nice outside, but chilly, just a little bit chilly. I woke up and felt like I lived somewhere else. Yeah. The weather is schizophrenic. It is. It was 80 degrees, uh, like yesterday and today uh, or Saturday. Yeah. And now it is not 80 degrees. So, um, that'll do it. (laughs) It has a personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back uh, to, to the warmth of our loving pot of humans surrounding the fire of God's love and other theological yeah. cliches we can bring together to transition into the content of our episode. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, that can was I ask so smooth. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey, you can I ask me. y'all a quick question? This is um, sure. as a dad asking two dads a question. Um, do y'all ever... Uh, Put your kids in your sermons at all without asking them? Um, sometimes, but I usually do try to ask them. Yeah. So you, I, yeah. I get that. If I if I do, it's going to be very general and not about content and real life examples, but uh, yeah, general about having kids or parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yesterday, um, which was Sunday, um, at the recording of this, I, I was uh, preaching and I was telling a little backstory about how my undergrad is in philosophy. And I make every time I do that in public, I always like to make jokes about getting a philosophy undergrad degree. You know, that there really were only two options available to me as a philosophy undergrad that was to either go on to grad school um, of some fashion or to go uh, or to go uh, work at a like a, a convenience store or something like that for the rest of my life. Like I had to. I had to go on to grad school with a philosophy degree. It's a stepping stone degree, really. And uh, I was ta- I told the story about how I, uh, in a philosophy class, um, was writing a final paper, was worth 50% of my grade um, and on a subject. Uh, I think it was like on determinism or something like that. And um, I got the paper back and um, I got an A minus on the paper. And, uh, but the professor's comments, uh, was, uh, were, um, that I had answered, that I had gotten the, gotten it wrong, um, that I had not actually answered at all the question at hand, but that I argued my point so well that he only, he only knocked me down half a grade. This is a true story, by the way, wow. which, which I and then the joke was that I made there was, um, uh, there's only two professions or two two uh, you know um, scholarly endeavors that one can make where you could be completely wrong and still get a very good grade, and I said that's philosophy and um, learning to be a weatherman. And my <laughs> and my son who wants to do weather, he wants to go and be a, a meteorologist. 
He got so mad at me. I was, he was like, dad, you know, this is my life's endeavor. I want to be a weatherman. What are you doing to me? And so anyway, I spent the afternoon yesterday having to apologize for a joke, by the way, that really had nothing to do with him. So anyway, yeah, that was my Sunday. Okay, so we are Com- comedian. Uh, <laughs> comedians are the last line of defense and free speech, is what I heard somebody say. Uh, well, I don't think true. it's true at all, but uh, I well, heard that I- on some YouTube clip. <laughs> Man, you're 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 facing you're facing the the front lines of cultural battles in your own home, brother. In my own mm. home, which is mm. true, by the way. Yes, I mean anyway. All right, so what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we are uh, looking at the Faith Once Delivered from the John Wesley Institute, nextmethodism.org is where you can find this. And we are continuing our conversation um, about salvation. And um, last episode, we talked about grace and prevenient grace. Um, Today, we are looking at justifying grace and assurance. And so if you're reading along in the Faith Faith Once Delivered, paragraphs 122 through 126 is where you'll want to be. And uh, let's talk about some justification. All right. So paragraph 122, justification, God's pardon, is the work that God does for us after repentance. He forgives all our past sins. This pardon is a change in relation. Once alienated, we are now friends. The foundation of our pardon is nothing less than the person and work of Christ, especially his atoning death on the cross. St. Paul wrote that in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Um, Ephesians 1, 7-8. Jesus Christ and he alone can heal the divine and human relationship disrupted by sin. He of all human beings is also divine. Only he is sinless. In other words, unlike all other human beings who are steeped in sin, Christ is not a part of the problem. In his death and resurrection, all the persons of the Trinity are involved. The Father gives the gift of his Son, who is received through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then paragraph 123, the gift of forgiveness shows us that God pardons not only not Pardons not the godly, but the ungodly. Um, we do not have to clean ourselves up first before we can be forgiven. Right. We can receive this gracious gift now. Indeed, it is not by human effort or by works of the law that sinners are justified. It is by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Justification is a sheer gift, a sheer gift, and is therefore a manifestation of free free grace. Mm-hmm. It is nothing less than freedom from the guilt of sin. And then uh, 124, uh, often this work of pardon is followed by the direct witness of the Holy Spirit in assuring grace, a conviction that we can be certain, not just mentally, but experientially um, of God's pardon and acceptance. We can know that God's pardon has been granted to us and his renewal work has begun in our hearts. We call this assurance. It is illustrated in Wesley's own language. Uh, An assurance was given to me that he uh, had taken away my sins even mine. That's from his journal, May 24th, 1738. And also, uh, Romans 8, 16, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You know, that uh, we'll come back to the justification thing in just a minute, regeneration, justification. Um, but that issue of re- uh, assurance is um, hasn't all, well, not every Christian tradition holds to a strong idea of, 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 
assurance of our salvation. There are some within Calvinist camps, for example, who say that we can't be wholly assured of our faith um, uh, or our salvation, I should say, um, because because salvation belong that that idea who who is saved, all that 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 it belongs to God alone. His sovereignty brings that about. I remember in college. Now this was in college, so sometimes we, when you're in college, you think you know everything, but you don't. But I remember being in college, and um, I was friends with a guy who um, was a staunch Calvinist. And um, I remember asking him one day, saying, "How how do you know?" I said, "You you follow Jesus. You love him. You you go on mission. You do missions. You do you know works of 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 great importance for the kingdom." I said, "But how do you know?" with your kind of worldview, uh, your faith worldview, that um, you are a child of God. And he says, I really can't know that. And I just, it was just such an interesting response that I didn't really know how to respond to that. And I think what I'd said was, all right. <laughs> like, I didn't know what what to do with that. Um, yeah, the assurance piece in the Calvinist uh, Calvinism-Arminianism debate um, comes out also uh, with the unconditional election right. part of the Calvinist tulip model, mm-hmm. um, which says, essentially, if you are the elect, you don't have to be assured because you simply are. The right. other end of that is, I can't tell you if you actually are elect, even though it seems like you are. Um, so those on the other end of it, um, there are those who say, hey, if God doesn't, demand, decree, and enact your reception of justification on his own without any response from you whatsoever, if you have any part in receiving that, how can you be assured that it is actually there? Um, And that's part of the Calvinist argument. The the Wesleyan-Arminian argument is that we've done nothing to deserve. God has opened the door. He's like you mentioned, I believe in our last episode, again, he's freed our will that right, we can right. assent to salvation. We don't earn it, we don't initiate it, and it's not done in our own power. Um, but one of the gifts that God gives us according uh, to our tradition is an assurance that it is true. Yes, right. So what is this thing that is true? What is what are we being assured before, of? Before before we get to that masterful translation translation uh, transition, I just want to let transition. everybody know um, that the quote from Wesley's journal that we read in paragraph one twenty four yeah. is actually a partial quote. If you go on in his journals from May twenty fourth seventeen thirty eight, you'll see that he actually had tea with Brett Maddox that day. Um, and that they talked about their aging ailments um, and a little bit about theology back in 1738. Yes. Um, burn. I'm like, I'm like 10 minutes older than you, Jim. Burn. <laughs> Makes all the difference in the world. Well, it's true. That's Those 10 minutes do make long 10 that's minutes. That's true. So what is this thing that we're assured of, right? Well, it's, it's our salvation. It's justification, regeneration, it's a twofold work of justification, if you will, if you would, that takes place here. Um, justification is more of a legal status term, um, whereas regeneration is a relationship status. Um, new birth. Think of new birth. Think of uh, uh, a- uh, uh, William Abraham talks about uh, regeneration being uh, the language of a maternity ward. Um, that it is uh, new birth that is spoken of there. So not only are we made 
right um, and justification in our uh, legal status before God, right? Like that, we're uh, um, uh, we're the uh, we're we're no longer the uh, the accused, right? We're in the courtroom, and, and and God has forgiven us of our transgressions and our sins, but also we are born anew. We are made anew. We are transformed. There's a there's a a, a new birth that takes place within us, as Paul would say in Second Corinthians five. Um, um, for um, we are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has has come. Um, and so, this idea of forgiveness of sin—that God is in the business of forgiving, like He, this is the work that He does—is is forgive sins. And I don't know about you guys, but in pastoral ministry, this is one of the biggest hangups I find, either directly or indirectly, with people growing closer to Christ, um, becoming who they were created to be. Uh, not being able to let go of their past, their past deeds or the deeds done to them or or what they've done to others, um, that forgiveness is such a big, um, the issue of forgiveness seems to be such a hindrance to people's uh, growing in their discipleship. Um, at least that's been my my experience in this. As in that people uh, are carrying around a sense of condemnation or yes. guilt yes. about what has happened. Sure, yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and and if you want, it, it'd be hard to parse that theologically, except that that is the power of canceled sin. Once one right. has right uh, gotten, you know, received Christ for justification. Yeah, um, and it's something that the Lord can continue to. But work out of us, right? Uh, as he, so so the, you mentioned this being like a, a multiple phase work. Um, justification is simply defined in a two word positive here as God's pardon, mm-hmm. and it's work that God does for us. And you could think about it like this: um, if you had a criminal record for an offense that you had committed, um, that at the courthouse, that record is expunged, and if someone were to search your record for criminal activity, they would no longer find it. Mm-hmm. That does not change the fact, however, that you have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changes what you're being held accountable for. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's something that will need to a work that will need to do within the person, and that's part of what. Um, the work of Christ will continue to do in our hearts. So we just would have to believe and take the Lord and the scriptures at their word that when we have received justification, that we have received God's pardon Mm -hmm. and that we are now friends with God. It's more of a lifelong effort to something for some things. Um, it, like, like, say for example that we have some kind of hangup or dysfunction. I have no dysfunctions whatsoever. Not so uh, ever. None, uh, none. That allow none. that that kind of lingers, uh, helps makes things linger on uh, mm-hmm. that have been a part of our life, and also early on in formative years, things that we do or, or things that are done to us are they kind of shape the the rock quarry of our lives into certain shapes too. So they're part of us at the same time, right? Um, but the Guilt imputed there will no longer be there. Right. Christ washes us clean. Well, and Wesley's a good one to look at at this because um, that I that, that the, when, when you look at the life of Wesley, like 
the stuff that happened in Oxford, right? With uh, the holy clubs and the the mm-hmm. constant pursuit of what would some would say God uh, Wesley constantly pursuing, um, not God's love, but his uh, that 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 God um, wouldn't be disappointed in Wesley. That's the kind of the way I would put it. Um, or when Wesley went to Georgia, right, uh, to 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 search for something, for meaning, for purpose, for salvation, whatever it was, and then when he comes back and he's despondent and he's and he doesn't know what to do, all of this, even as a priest, right, as an Anglican priest who was learned and smart and he knew Greek and he knew Hebrew and he knew Latin and he knew French and he knew all this, like he knew all this stuff and he knew theology and he knew he was a he was a churchman out of England, um, and that. But he still, there was a, the lack of assurance. And I think in that quote that we see coming from his journal in 1738, during the heart strangely warmed, to me, it's always struck me. It's the assurance thing, the assurance thing that seemed to set him free, seemed to tell him, okay, go. And that, like that, that, that seems to be the biggest piece to that. Um, you know, we, we harp on the fact that his heart was strangely warmed, which is important. But what about the fact that he was assured of his salvation? He was assured that God loved him. Um, and, and Assured that, that he had taken away even his very his, own sins. That's right. And, th- and at that sense, he was freed at that point um, to go and do. And I think that part of, in, in, in um, paragraph 124, um, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit um uh, bringing that assurance, bringing that conviction um, is true for us that um, we may not believe it, but the Holy Spirit will continue to work with us within us to help uh, help us to get to a place of faith and and belief. So um, yeah, assurance is, is important. Assurance is important. You know, personally, um, being assured of God's love in my life is what really set me. Um, is what really uh, set me free, too. So, yes, absolutely. All right. So, uh, all right, Alan. Yes. Continue in your. All right. Reading we two ways. More, we got two more paragraphs. Um, One twenty-five. Justification is the work that God does for us. The new birth or initial sanctification is the work that God does in us. The God of holy love who is merciful to forgive us our sins is also good and powerful enough to transform our natures, even the dispositions of the heart. The new birth, as Wesley expressed it, is the gateway to the life of holiness and the beginning of the restoration of the image of God. It's the beginning of sanctification. In the new birth, believers are transformed by God's grace to become holy. St. Paul spoke about this new life in terms of a new creation when he wrote that if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Those found in Christ begin to love God and their neighbors as they ought. The gift of the new birth is received by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. One twenty six through the through the grace of the new birth, the Holy Spirit awakens the spiritual senses, so that we discern the invisible, eternal world and rejoice in the love of God that is now found in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit bears a direct witness to our forgiveness, the Holy Spirit bears a direct witness to believers that they are the very children of God. The work of restoration is made plain in this gift of assurance. So, um, 
Can I can I make a plug for a book that I'm I'm about done reading that has been really kind of an incredible read? It's, we know you like Harry Potter. We don't have yeah, to talk no, about it on the I've, podcast. I've, I've never I've never read Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> wow. We'll never, talk. Wow. We'll talk never, about that later. But had, okay. Yeah, never read it. So anyway, um, the uh, the book is called How Jesus Saves by Josh McNall. Uh, McNall McNall. Mm. Uh, for some of our readers, you may know him as the one who wrote Long Story Short. That mm-hmm. Seedbed put out not too long ago, not too long ago, a couple of years ago. But how Jesus saves is his popular title of his uh, scholarly work, uh, the mosaic of the the mosaic of atonement. Um, and um, in in how Jesus saves, uh, Joshua McNall uh, goes through and he gives, I think it's five, four or five. Um, um, they call them theory, but they're not theories. They're um, uh, ways that God that saves us through Jesus Christ. Um, you know, through uh, penal substitution, through Christus Victor or Christ of Victor, um, and um, through the moral uh, uh, the ideals, uh, the Abelard uh, uh, theory. All the all these ways of 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 how Jesus saves. And what I like about McNall is he he doesn't just settle on one as being right. He says it's a mosaic. It's a God, God is working in different ways to save all of us, to save our humanity, to save who we are. And so um, just a great book. And as we talk about justification, as we talk about forgiveness of sins, um, you, th- this is the grace, um, the grace uh, of the cross, if you will, that God doing a good work doing a holy work um, on the cross and forgiving us of our sins. And so I just highly recommend that book. I hope to have him on the on the podcast at some point to talk about that and, um, the, the, and the importance of atonement. So I just wanted to give a plug for that book. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Um, he gives this analogy. I'm towards the end of it now. And he's talking about um, Abelard's uh, moral uh uh, ideal uh, theory of of the atonement, where Christ came and through His love, right through His, He gave a kind of a moral uh, uh, love like I do way of of showing um, how Christ uh, saves us, um, atones for our sins, and that um, there are some out there, some in the Christian uh, traditions that only focus on that that Christ was a love example for us that um he it doesn't matter that he died for us it doesn't matter that he rose from the that he that Christ really just he becomes a moral example which is basically a miss in a misteaching or an inadequate teaching of Abelard's uh, teaching there on the uh, on on the moral example atonement uh, but he gives this he tells the story of a Scottish preacher I think it was a Scottish preacher who uh, gives this uh, analogy of um, suppose you're on a you're sunbathing on a pier that goes out into the ocean and that um, all of a sudden this guy just comes running down the pier and he jumps over the pier into the water and then he, he lands in the water and he yells up to everybody on the pier. He says, I love you. What would your response to that be? Your response would be, that's a crazy man. <laughs> like, like he may, that guy may just say, I love you, but his act of jumping in the water is just nuts. It's crazy. Like there's no meaning behind it. But suppose you're drowning in the water and you need saving, and the guy comes. And he jumps into the water and he grabs you and takes you back to shore saying to you, man, I got you. I love you. Now that act of jumping into the water, getting down there, sacrifice, giving, you know, that, that is at that point, 
an act that's meaningful. And so mm-hmm. he's using that as an example of, um, of course, Jesus was this great uh, moral uh, example for us, but also his act of going to the cross is an important act. His act of defeating Satan and the Christus victor, um, yes, that's important. His act of the resurrection is important. Anyway, it's a great book, and as, it's right on the fourth. And as we talk about justification, uh, the ideas of atonement are right on the in the center of my head right now. Absolutely. It's all made possible because of the work of Christ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So check out that book. I'm going to put it in the show notes because I think you'll— uh, Go ahead, Alan. Yeah. Show notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it really is a great book. And that's Peter Avatar. That's a uh, an edition of. Oh, see, I thought it was a James yeah, Cameron was, yeah. biopic. Avatar. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that was a Peter Avatar. <laughs> tall, tall blue man. Peter <laughs> Avatar <laughs> with a tail. <laughs> it's like that Friends episode where Phoebe thought that it was uh, Spider Man, not Spider Man. Why is Spider-Man. it his name? Spider-Man. Phil Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, all right, we're going off the rails here. So just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So um so justification, it's not just about saving us from our sins, though. Like in verse 120, I mean verse in in paragraph 126, um, it really is leading us towards holiness. It leads us to becoming the people we were created to be. As the Holy Spirit, the paragraph says, bears a direct witness to our forgiveness. The Holy Spirit bears a direct witness to believers that they are the very children of God. The work of restoration is made plain in this gift of assurance. There's a work of restoring us and leading us and helping us get to the place where we are um, living holy lives, which will lead us then into uh, what we're going to be talking about next in our in our next episode, um, just I mean uh, sanctification and um, and growing in um, growing into the people we were created to be. Yes. Alan, get some, are you trying to say something? Um, no. I, well, I was going to. I was just going to say that um, you know it's it's only after justification and beginning of sanctification that we're able to love the way that God <laughs> wants us to love. Oh, love our neighbors to, Ooh. um, Ooh. um. Uh, to go and make disciples, mm-hmm. to do, to do, and to live the way that God wants us to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and that's the beginning. Is you know, justification is the beginning of that. Justification, initial sanctification, that's the beginning of all that. Mm-hmm. Again, Alan Kaysen coming in hot with a good take. Yeah, I just read paragraph one twenty five. So that's <laughs> nice, it. nice. Yeah. So there's um, justification is the place uh, is the is the segment of our salvation not the best word but segment of our salvation where most people will say are you saved or are you not saved right um and what we're really digging into in this these past few episodes what the tfod really digs into is it that is um it, an entry point a waypoint along the entirety of the journey of salvation. Mm-hmm. Just like, because justification is not the end. Mm. So the choice that we make to profess faith in Christ and confess our sins and t- repent of them um, is then God will bring his, justify us by his grace according to the work of Jesus. But that's, that's not the end of the story. That is the beginning uh, of a new story 
whereas in we experience new birth, which uh, two things happen. Either some completely say that's all that matters, and others will say, you know, that just does they just don't focus on the fact that we're made new. Um, but it begins this lifelong journey of becoming Christ-like of all that God created us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think we mentioned last time it is it is just as right to say. I have been saved, I am being saved, and will be saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you, it's the same way when you talk about the saving work of Jesus. If you only think of the cross, then you are missing a majority, you know, a large majority of the saving work of Jesus. The saving work of Jesus Christ begins at the annunciation of his conception. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's not conceived if he's not born if he doesn't live then the cross is meaningless right um but but then again if he if he doesn't s- sit in the grave that's a part of his salvation of right. our salvation of his atoning work <clears throat> if he doesn't rise from the dead if he doesn't ascend into heaven as our living lord mm-hmm. bearing flesh and spirit into the heavenly realms that's a part of his atoning work. And so in that same way that you can't reduce, the cross is important, but you can't reduce Jesus' saving work to that. Justification is vital and important, but we don't want to reduce the salvation of our souls to the moment of justification. It's necessary, right. but not only. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yesterday, I said I was- all that because I felt like I needed just to add content to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and have any stories today. Uh, yesterday, I was preaching on um, the uh, article of faith out of the Apostles' Creed. Um, he was uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, and buried. Um, and you know, I, I was thinking about <clears throat> as you were sa- talk, you were saying all that. Sometimes, I guess the question as you were saying all that, I was thinking of other things. That sounds was, about right. That sounds about right. Right. Um, you know, why do we need to be justified, right? Like, why do, why, um, what is the purpose behind the justifying act of Jesus? Like him going to the cross, him rising from the dead. Why, why must we be justified? You know, why, why, why? Um, well, first of all, there's, of course, the sin problem, right? We've, and he's the only one that can deal with that sin problem. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Um, there's the what I call the monster problem. The monster problem mm-hmm. being um, Satan himself, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The, yeah. the, um, who prowls around looking for who, like a lion, looking who, for who he will devour. Those two things in and of themselves are, are big deals. But... <clears throat> Those two things are um, are not complete without a third reason, and that is because because of sin, and because of the evil powers of this world, if you will, we suffer, we hurt. We this is um, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I um, mm-hmm. there's this great book called um, "Not the Way It's Supposed to Be." A brevity of sin. It's a it's a book about sin, um, but Planiga. the the uh, Planiga titled it "Not the Way It's Supposed to Be." This is not the way it's supposed to be. So there has to be a turnaround. There has to be a a way of setting things right. And justification 
is that. It is the work of begin, not just beginning, but it is the work of setting things right. That's why it matters, because this is not the way it's supposed to be. So Jesus goes to the cross. He suffers for us. He suffers with us in the incarnation. That work of justification brings about change, holy change. And I think about the first sermon that Jesus preaches in the Gospels. Repent. Turn away. Turn. Turn away. Turn away from the world. Turn towards me, for the kingdom of God is near. Why why is he calling us to repent? Because that's not the way it's supposed to be. I am the way it's supposed to be. Come with me. Follow me. That's why justification matters. Yeah. So anyway, there was my, uh, yeah, putting my sermon from yesterday into this. So, uh, um, you know, doing what I can. Anyway, all right. So uh, that's really what we've got for justification, unless you and Alan have anything to say, Jim. Um, Alan, you're muted. Alan, you're muted. It's not like this oh, is the man. first time you've ever so, done this. I mean, really, right. really, what like, are you doing? I'm going to bring chastisement upon you for mute. Almost, <laughs> almost four years, you know. I know, almost whatever. four years. Anyway, let's I know, go. Like three and a half. <laughs> I was just going to say the justification is good. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm for <laughs> it. I'm for it. I think it, <laughs> you yeah. got to warn somebody. And, and Brett I was think, taking you, a I think y'all should get his, you some of that. <laughs> I'd advise it if you... Want to get some? To get some. <laughs> get some I'd, advise you, I'd advise you not to make your own justifications because that ain't going to work. Just no, get you some justification straight from Jesus Christ. You only know, you want to know the only thing that's going to work? What? Is the, is the work of Christ. <laughs> the work works, man. The work, work works. works. It just works. Yes. The work so. works. The saving saves. I'm telling you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> just remind me next time when Alan's beginning to speak not to drink water because yes. that, that was almost bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, what about you guys? That's fantastic. It's a great. It's a great conversation about justification. Uh, we'll pick up in the next episode as we dig even further into the work of sanctification, sanctification. Uh, which is not separate from salvation, but an integral part of our salvation. Part of it. Uh, so right. it's it's fantastic. Uh, one of one of the thing one of the grace notes that Methodism mm-hmm. rings out. Uh, strongly. It's not, sanctification is not unique in any way to Methodism, but we strike that grace note in every measure yeah. uh, of the music of our soul. So wow. it's one of the things that we are proud of um, in helping to raise the consciousness of the wider Christian community that people could live fully as they were intended. Jim got very artistic in that paragraph mm. that he he just spoke to over us. That was awesome. Grace notes, grace notes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we'll have the links we mentioned in this episode for the books and everything else. The John Wesley Institute, the Faith Once Delivered, um, in our show notes. And uh, just a reminder that the Podcast Podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcasting Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of prayer of the Holy Spirit. uh, Let me try that again. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for mission. For more information and resources, check out spiritandtruth.life. They also have the Spirit and Truth Conference that's going on. The Alabama Conference was just this past weekend at time of recording. 
Um, and so the um, there's a Texas conference coming up in a week or two. Um, and then April 19th through the 20th in Dayton, Ohio, there will be a conference, Spirit and Truth Thought Life um, slash backslash conferences is where you can find out more information. Uh, check us out on social media. At Potikesis is where you can find us. Um, leave a voicemail at 404-635-6679 if you would like. We'd love to have have you on the show one, time, uh, one day through your voicemail. So uh, please go ahead and make that phone call. Or leave, and also leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes, which also helps us. We hope that you've had a great day, and we look forward to next time we are able to come to you. Have a good day. Yeah.